Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Hooked on Homeschool. I am so excited to introduce to you guys today, Jessica. She is the owner and founder of a really great program called Bridgeway Academy. It is a online and they have live classes. It assesses learning styles and it really helps the parents and the children come together so they can figure out which is the best program or curriculum that they should do for their homeschooling journey. So I'm excited to introduce to you today, Miss Jessica. Hi friends, are you ready to homeschool but you're just not sure how to begin? Do you feel overwhelmed or frustrated with the public school and noticing that your child is constantly struggling or falling behind? Are you ready to say goodbye to that hectic and stressful weekday schedule and embrace a completely different approach? Do you find that your child is exhausted from those long days at school, followed by hours of homework at night? And are you constantly experiencing stress and overwhelm as a result? I'm here to share some great news with you. There is a better way, and it's called homeschooling. Experience quiet and peaceful mornings again. How about instilling a sense of joy and excitement for learning in your child? Witness their true passions unfold as you go on this fulfilling journey together. Welcome to Hooked on Homeschool. I am Dawn Janowitz, a homeschool mom, wife, podcaster, and online course creator. And I want to give you the clarity, the confidence, the freedom, and all the strategies to show you that it is possible to create an amazing homeschool experience that works for both you and your kids. So come on, ladies, let's go from hot mess express to fierce and fun, and let's get hooked on homeschool. Hi, Jessica. How are you today? Hi, Don. I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Awesome. I'm excited to really kind of deep dive into see what this Bridgeway Academy really is because I checked out your website and you've got a lot of things going on. You've created a really in-depth neuroscientific program to really help kids and parents excel at this homeschool and in their journey. So if you can, first, we'll talk about a little bit about you because you actually are a homeschool mom raised three children, and then have this company. So we'll start from the beginning. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. At the very beginning, I uh, was a former teacher, classroom teacher. I taught uh, high school English and writing, and I was also in charge of the gifted program. And that's sort of where I began my passion for learning styles and understanding that every student is gifted, right? Because I'm working with these kids who are academically gifted but interacting with kids in my classroom that were gifted in many, many, many different ways. And that's sort of where what began my journey around making certain that students begin to recognize their gifts early, because all too often school squashes them, school defeats them, because their gifts might not be academic gifts, but they're all so incredibly gifted in different ways. So that's where I began, was a teacher. I helped found the company. My parents actually founded the company back in 1989. And I was at the time still a teaching student, but because of my background in education, helped put together the educational arm of Bridgeway Academy, the understanding requirements, make just all, all the operational side of it. Went off to teach and came back into the company when I had my children because I wanted to be at home and be an at-home mom. So I was able to get back involved at that point in time. Bridgeway Academy was founded in response to what was then a very growing, very new homeschool movement. So families were choosing homeschool 
and didn't have curriculum options like we have today. And my father, a visionary, was uh, working in Christian education and working with a specific publisher and started helping schools provide at-home solutions. And very quickly, he realized these schools don't have time to give parents the attention they need. So he founded the academy in response to that so that parents could get real support and curriculum for their children quickly and in a recognized program. You know, I really love doing these interviews of the people behind the company, because when you go on Bridgeway Academy, you're not realizing the blood, sweat and tears that went into creating this company from people who are seeking out this form of education. And there's really a lot of heart, a lot of love in it. Now it's a family business. How great is that? So not only when you're doing the academy, you're getting it from people who really care about what they do. And it really makes a big difference. And it's not when something's not a corporate, when it's not corporate, right? So your three children, so tell us a little bit about their journey and did they do Bridgeway as well? They did. So I have three girls and I, of course, in Pennsylvania, yes, I have three children and all girls. And part of my journey as an early mom, when my kids were still in preschool, I was also a homeschool evaluator, which is a requirement in Pennsylvania. Every year you have to meet with an evaluator, reviews your program. And as I'm meeting these parents and these kids and seeing the amazing things they were doing, and I'm part of an organization that is a homeschool organization, I knew there was no choice. I would be homeschooling my kids. So when my children began school, I had the opportunity to teach them to read. I had the opportunity to teach them their basic math and to teach them just an extension of the teacher I was already as a mom, right? We teach them to tie their shoes, to have manners, to say please and thank you and to speak. So we're natural teachers with our children. And I was able to teach my children growing up in in homeschooling. They didn't all go through life, I call them lifers. They were not all homeschool lifers, but they homeschooled on and off. So early years, laid those foundations. My daughter went into fifth grade, my oldest, she went into school, came back out. She graduated from Bridgeway Academy and is now an attorney. So she went on to law school and earned that degree and is now a practicing attorney, loving it. Uh, My second daughter is pursuing a marketing degree, but she has a passion for farming and loves the work in the field. So she's out doing that as she's continuing a part-time education and marketing. We'll see where she lands. I love the passion she has, the outdoors. She's a rock climber and a hiker and just loves to be outside. So I imagine that will be some part of her future will be in the outdoors. And then my youngest graduated last year and she from college last year, and she is currently working at a veterinary clinic, uh, hoping to go to vet school next year. So three very different journeys, but all uh, just fantastic indication that when they can find their joy, their passion, their gifts, and pursue them, they can do it with all their heart. And I I think that's so important. You had mentioned in the beginning about gifted kids. So Can you explain a little bit about what that means? Because in the homeschool world, we kind of don't use that term, I guess, because all of our kids are gifted. So what does it mean in the public school system? And I mean, it doesn't just mean they're smart because that would be considered some that that's another term. I don't even know what it's what it is, but explain a little bit about what that is. Sure. So when kids are considered gifted, academically gifted in the school system, uh, they are advanced. They are able to think critically very early. They're able to make connections and think at higher level 
very early. But more importantly for them, things come very easy. So the school needs to find a way to challenge them. What happens many times with gifted kids, though, with academically gifted kids, is when they hit a wall, they really struggle. So when parents who are homeschooling their kids and have a child who's significantly gifted and moving quickly through curriculum, eventually they hit a wall. And because they haven't learned those skill sets of how to deal with adversity, because it's always been easy, it can often be sort of a crisis moment for those kids because suddenly they their value came in all of their success and suddenly it's not so easy and they have to work hard and they feel like they're failing and that that can be difficult depending on how old they are and how quickly they hit that wall my oldest was an academically gifted child she was well ahead in math i remember very clearly when she was in fourth grade she was probably doing sixth to seventh grade level math and she hit a wall and the emotions of that and the struggle of that affected all of her academics and we had to back up and work with her to find the right time of day to teach math and help her understand that that difficulty is character building and we're going to help you through it and you're going to master this but we may need to lay some foundations and take you backwards as well and it was a very valuable lesson for her and as i said she's now an attorney adversity all the time as she went through law school, especially during COVID. She's done a very good job of, of just rising to that and, and getting through that adversity. So when you say hit a wall, that just means they're doing something that is not coming easy to them anymore. And they're not used to that. And so it's creating emotions. Oh, I see now. Okay. So when you're homeschooling and you know you have a, a kindergartner and then your friend has a kindergartner and their kindergarten is already reading and your child can't even read the word dog yet. What do you tell parents that are in this comparing thing? Because I see it on groups and chats that the parent whose child is, I, I hate even to use the word behind because you can't compare and every child learns both of two of my three kids didn't walk till they were literally 18 months. It, it, it's you're like, what's wrong with them? But I don't say my children are behind because obviously they can walk now. But what do you guys, how do you guys explain that? That's a great analogy for the walking because we wouldn't penalize or think less of our kid because they're not walking. Oh, well, sometimes we do compare that, right? Why aren't you walking yet? But, you know, if, if friend grew two inches this year and yours didn't, would you penalize your child because their progress in height wasn't the same? Or your, Or they got six teeth and your child only got three teeth came in. Yeah. So why we do it academically, is it because we feel like when they're older, if they pick it up younger, that they'll be smarter and have more success? What is it that getting things so young is so important? And how does Bridgeway help with that? How does it help to, you know, mold your child into who they need to be that they're not going too fast or too slow and it's, you know, going with the way they're learning? Sure. So let me just start, though, by talking about that comparison game. It's it's one of those areas that we encourage our parents to really avoid because you're right. When if the if you as mom are putting pressure on your kid or making them feel like a failure, even though you don't mean to say it out loud or you you might not ever say it out loud, 
they feel that and they begin to accept that about themselves. So first, I encourage you, don't play the comparison game. Every kid's going to learn to read, assuming you're teaching them, right? And not just leaving them to, to figure things out for themselves. They'll all learn at their own pace. And that is one of the strengths of Bridgeway Academy. When a parent enrolls their children in our academy, we start by assessing their learning style because that affects really any subject that they have difficulty with. If we can present it in their ideal learning style, we can immediately remove one of those hurdles. Uh, We look at their personality style because there are certain approaches of different curriculum that will appeal to certain personalities and not to others. So we can help match the curriculum to that personality style. We look at their ideal learning environment, and then we also look at their academic strengths and needs right now. So when you enter it, say in third grade, you might have a student doing fifth grade math, second grade ELA, you might be using a very visual math and as an auditory step-by-step language arts, right? We base it on how that child learns best. And that helps unlock sometimes what kids have perceived of themselves, right? Because if they're trying to learn in an auditory environment, and they're very visual learners, they're automatically frustrated. And they begin to accept less, they think less of themselves rather than realizing this has nothing to do with me. It has to do with how I'm being asked to learn. And I think as adults, when we learn something, we all know how we like to learn, right? So if someone can just tell us something and you get it right away, you're an auditory learner. And then you might have somebody that has to see it written down, has to work at it. And we have to realize that our children are like that as well. So do you guys also recommend doing one predominant learning style or giving them all of them so they can learn how to do it all? How does that work? Well, we always want to develop all modalities. But when you have a student who's struggling, we like to give them a primary curriculum that hits that primary learning style so that they are able to overcome first those struggles in academics. And then you begin to introduce those other styles. All curriculum does leverage bits and pieces of different learning styles. But for example, an auditory learner is not just that they need to hear it and speak it. They need it in a sequential order. A visual learner will go nuts with a sequential order. They need to start with the big picture because they already think analytically. They think big picture. So we're matching that curriculum to the way they learn, not just by giving them visuals, but also by giving them a a curriculum that begins with a global perspective so that they're excited about learning and they're able to get to that place faster of understanding faster. It's so amazing because we have really learned that there's so many different ways to learn, but then public school is still a one size fits all. And it can, it just blows my mind when a parent says their child is falling behind or struggling in school, but it might not. So you're basically, we know that it's not because it could be because they are learning, not their predominant style that they need to learn it. They're not getting excited. They're not are they not feeling like they can do it? They're not feeling smart. They're feeling defeated, I guess. Right. And many times they're not feeling challenged. I think our in the younger grades, the kids who are hurt the most by this auditory system are our boys. Our boys tend to be very active. When we look at learning styles, there's only 10% of children that are auditory learning style. 10%. And yet of our 
not all, but most of our public school system is auditory. Of the 10%, only 2% are boys. So if you think about these, especially young learners, going into a classroom, they need to move. They need to touch it, feel it, see it, to understand it. But they're being taught in an auditory way. And they begin to get defeated or they're so far advanced, they are bored and they become a a problem in the classroom. So they're considered a, right, a bad child when they're not bad. It's almost like in kindergarten, they shouldn't even have desks. The kids should come in. They should, you know, run around in circles, play, have some time, and then learn touching and different things seeing and looking and all that stuff. Oh, wow. So what you're at Bridgeway, what grades do you guys focus on? Is it K through 12? We are pre-K through 12 and actually through two years in college. So when you are in high school, you can join or take advantage of our dual enrollment program and earn credits, gen ed credits, and or an associate degree, depending on which path in the dual enrollment program you wish to take. Hi friends, are you wanting to homeschool but you just don't even know where to start? If so, I have got some exciting news to share with you. Did you know that I have a free workshop that will help you get started with homeschooling? Plus, I'll give you valuable tips and insights to help guide you along the way. I invite you to visit Hooked on Homeschool where I'll teach you how to create an amazing homeschool experience right now. Take this first step towards the incredible journey of homeschooling by visiting hookedonhomeschool.com. Wow, that's a, your uh, company sounds really great. You can just go the whole way up then, K through 12. Now you have live and online classes. So have the live ones you've just been doing after the pandemic or have you guys always been doing these classes? So we started live classes, they were called Learning Labs, way back in, I want to say 2014. And they were an opportunity. Way back. Way back. (laughs) Way back. (laughs) Seems way back now. It sure does. It sure does. So they were- Almost 10 um, years ago. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So they were designed to be fun classes. We had magic treehouse social studies, backyard biology, Lego architecture, you know, fun kind of electives. But very quickly, our family said, hey, we want the core. So we began to introduce the core courses through live in 2018. And we built them for homeschoolers because we know homeschoolers do not want to be on a live class every day, right? So we've built them for homeschoolers. They're one day a week or two days a week, depending on the class. And the students have work that they do independently throughout the week so that Homeschoolers can continue that flexible schedule, but they have the opportunity to leverage the expertise of a teacher and classroom interaction for their kids. So do they get graded? Do they turn things in so they have to be accountable and everything? Correct. Yes. So then when they get up to the high school level classes, is it in 11th and 12th grade they can start taking those college classes? Predominantly 11th and 12th, but we do have kids in 10th, sometimes as young as 9th that are approved to take those courses. We actually had a student graduate this year with an associate degree at the age of 14. (laughs) Very advanced student, not necessarily very. Oh, wow. Very gifted academically, I can see. (laughs) 
very academically gifted. Not the first one. We've had several that graduate that young. Don't always recommend that for a student, but uh, many have gone on to do big things. We have one who was a news anchor by the time she was 17 because she finished the rest of her degree. Yes. That is a passion she followed and she's where she wants to be. That's great. Okay. So does the parent have to be involved or how much does the parent have to be involved with your academy? I'm glad you asked that because we do have different types of programs. So we do have a textbook program for families who don't want their students online all the time. We have a textbook program. We leverage about 40 different publishers because again, we're looking for the best of the best for each type of learner personality and learning style. We create one-to-one instructor guides for all of our textbook courses. So parents can pick them up. They know what to do every day. They're not trying to figure out a guide meant for a teacher in a classroom. It's one-to-one instructor guides. Those parents obviously want to be a little more engaged with the fam- with the teaching. Our online and our live online are for parents who, and the parents will let us know, I want to be more of a partner or I want to be an active teacher. And that's how we help match them up to the curriculum or the courses that fit them. Some parents in life really want to be completely hands-off. So we do have a program called the Private Virtual Campus where we really step in as though it's a private school and we provide that, I call it, I guess, white glove service where the students are accountable, there's teachers involved in every class and always, always available for help. And that could be really good for a parent who works, works from home. They just, you know, mentally cannot think of another thing on their plate. However, they do not want their child going to school, which is probably why they can't have anything else on their plate because they're just overwhelmed by the public school system. So having something like that is really great for a parent who in high school, they could pretty much stay home by themselves. But I don't know, check the laws in each state because, you know, I don't want to give any advice like that. But if your child could stay home by themselves, then they probably can do the homeschooling by themselves with your the white glove service, like you say, and then the parent could actually still work. So you guys hold them accountable. You guys make sure they turn in their work and they get grades. So the parent does, doesn't think that they're just not doing anything all day. Right. We do. We do all of that. And then with our private virtual campus, we also help those kids specialize. So we have the opportunity for them to pursue a specific entrepreneurship track, a missions track, a career track a distinguished scholars track. So we're really trying to give them the opportunity to move forward in a specialty that is that they are passionate about within that program. Okay, so what is a distinguished scholar track? I have to ask. So that is designed for those kids who really want to end up in Ivy League schools. So it's got uh, not just higher level academics, but we're also helping them get into those clubs and those national organizations that will set them apart to help them get into those Ivy Leagues, if that is their desire. Mm -hmm. Goal. Gotcha. So, So Bridgeway is accredited. So when they go apply to a college, an Ivy League college, it looks like they actually went to a high school, correct? Like they're not considered a homeschooler or are they? They are. It is considered a private school diploma. I will say that some of our Ivy Leagues love our homeschool graduates because they tend to be, in fact, Brown University said the homeschoolers are more engaged, better able to speak with professors, and they don't back off. <laughs> so, so he was very enthusiastic about 
the students who are home educated are interacting with people of all ages, your whole lives. And so you learn the reality of life. When you leave school where it's one age in a pack, you, you go into a world where you could be working with people 30 years older than you or 20 years younger than you. And so they've actually learned some life skills through that home education that kids in a public school don't have the opportunity to learn. Yeah, I, I actually interviewed Excel College. They were at the FPEA. They served coffee there in these little things. And that's why I went to their booth. And then after talking to them, they're in the Black Mountains in, I just went to North Carolina to Asheville and I went and visited them. I went and visited their college and they love homeschoolers. They actually, for the past couple of years, have been seeking out homeschoolers because they do feel like they are just better well-rounded and have more of a way of where they can communicate with a lot of different people, not just people in their grade level. So that was pretty interesting that a college, and they say a lot of colleges are starting to do this. So what's great if you're a homeschool mom and you send them to Bridgeway, they are considered a private school, even though you're homeschooling them. So when they go off to college, they look like they were actually at a school. So you'll get a diploma from them and you'll know all the necessary classes because you probably have counselors and everything setting them all up so they know what they have to do. So as a parent, you don't have to figure out what am I missing? What do I need? Right? Correct. Yep. And we are fully accredited. So they actually can go to anywhere internationally. And we have a number of actually international students that use Bridgeway Academy and come to the States for college. Okay. So now let's take it to the other side. Let's go from, you said preschool, you started preschool and kindergarten. So the folks that are listening that have the young ones, tell us a little bit about how your program, how Bridgeway really helps with their learning. Sure. So first, if you have a preschool student, do visit our page under pre-K because we have a free preschool program that you can download and use uh, just as it is. You can also purchase an upgrade to that, but it's perfectly functional and does a fantastic job for you as is. But we start with our preschool, kindergarten. These are very active learning years. They're opportunities for them to get excited about learning. Uh, We lay the foundations of reading for them in preschool. They're learning letter sounds and, and, and the basics of understanding the world around them. And then in kindergarten, of course, we're building on those reading skills and making certain that they have the the phonetic foundation, but also one of the, the greatest things that you can do for your children is read aloud to them and help them hear in context what they're learning so they understand the world around them through story through uh, opportunities to hear about biographies so we try to help students understand the world around them as well with our curriculum and then of course it's very active so give them lots of hands-on experiments and ideas so are these live as well or are these just online these are well remember we have a textbook program so pre-k and kindergarten are not online these are foundational years. There are online supplements to all of our curriculum, but the primary basis for that curriculum is is hands-on and pencil paper. Because you've learned that kids that young, it's better to be hands-on, sitting and trying to teach children. Now, would you? what age would you recommend from all your years of teaching and all that? What do you recommend children should start learning to read at? How do you, how do you tell a parent that? I don't because every child is different. 
So I would say you lay the foundation. You know they don't like that answer, do they? I know. (laughs) You can lay the foundations at a young age, though. You know, it's age three, four, five. You could be teaching letter sounds, helping them hear. We do listening comprehension in in our preschool program. So you're reading a story that begins with that letter sound or where many words inside that story have that letter sound as the beginning. So you're helping, we have activities where you, where they raise their hand or they jump or whatever, when they hear that letter sound. So you can be teaching those skills, but when they're ready to blend letters is dependent on the student. Now our curriculum is going to take you to that, right? So you kindergarten, they're working to blend those letters. But if a student's struggling with that, couple, just a little tidbit from neuroscience. If your student is struggling with that, they're frustrated. When they're frustrated, their amygdala, their limbic system is flaring. And when that limbic Wait a system minute. is around, that's in the brain. Let's, that's in the brain. Right, those yes, two sorry. things are in the brain. Limbic okay. System in the brain. That's the emotional center of the brain. And when that is aroused, your prefrontal cortex or your ability to think is equally disaroused. So literally when they're frustrated and you're trying to push them forward anyway, they cannot learn. And what's happening is that emotion becomes a long-term memory. And this is where I believe students begin to accept, I cannot write, I cannot read, because that emotion was flaring. They literally cannot do it. And we push them anyway. And then they begin to accept that about themselves. If they're struggling, back off, let them go, let them play, let them move, let them move their spine come back to it later when they're not frustrated and you'll see a big difference in their ability to tackle that. Yeah. And, and maybe not yell at them and create a fight. You need to do this because, um, no one likes to be talked to like that. Not even as, as adults, you know, we don't want someone to say, you need to do this. Just allow it to just fizzle out and you can always come back to it later. Because I think that's the biggest thing is when we're trying to teach our children, we're, as parents, we were like, why can't you get this? Why aren't you learning this? But it's okay if they don't. And I, I think if someone's saying they have a four-year-old and they're trying, they're learning to read and the child is getting it, then that's great. Like if the child shows interest and likes it, but if you have a four or five-year-old and it's a boy and they are just, you're, you know, I I see on Facebook groups where someone, a parent will say, my five-year-old boy will just not sit down and let me teach him how to read. And there's 500, you know, people comment like, stop it. Don't create something that doesn't need to be there. Is it true that in Sweden, they don't even teach them to write their names until they're almost seven and they're like the number one country in the world in education? So, so what do you know about that? I've heard of that before. Yes. Well, I think their primary, and I don't know if this is Sweden's decision for this, but what happens many times is when we start to try to push our kids into serious academics before they're ready, they lose the creative energy because now they're doing what we're telling them to do versus what their creative ideas would like them to do. So I don't, I don't, I'm not a proponent of let's wait for school until they're seven or eight. I think it's dependent on the child. But I do think that one of the greatest advantages of homeschooling is, you know, you're teaching your kids one hour to two hours for kindergarten, plenty of time. And then they have all sorts of time to be creative and to express themselves and to explore those things that they're curious about. When we stifle curiosity, it's lasting. So when we bring them in and it's like, you have to learn this, you have to learn this. And they're saying, but I want to know that. 
we're stifling their own curiosity. And that's lasting and it's tough for kids. Obviously, if it's a momentary incident, it's different. But if they are growing up in this situation where they're constantly being stifled, you've got to do it, this, do this, do this, you're, you're potentially shifting them away from what they were gifted and created to do because that's that creative expression is stifled. Right. Well, well, I can definitely talk to you all day about this. We're definitely going to have to do a part two because you are filled with a lot of knowledge. So your dad who created Bridgeway raised you and raised you to know all this amazing stuff. So I'm so excited that you got to be on the show today and talk about Bridgeway and really help parents with a great curriculum that goes along their learning styles. I think you guys have created something great. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Sure. Thank you for having me, Dawn. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Hi, friend. Before you go, I want to thank you for listening. And if you found this podcast helpful, I would truly be grateful if you could just take a moment and leave me a five-star review. Your review will help me improve and reach more listeners who could benefit from homeschooling. Until next time, keep exploring and discovering new ways to make your homeschooling a fun and enjoyable experience. Happy homeschooling!